0: For the Metalworking Nation, in case you haven't noticed, in this next iteration of Making Chips and Making Chips 3.0, we're introducing Krabby Jim. Oh, Oh, Krabby Jim, yeah. He's just not as happy as Making Chips 2.0 Jim. He's a little bit crabbier, a little bit edgier. That was Dirty Jim, if you remember.
1: Now he's dirty and crabby? That's true, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wait, try and make me any more pissed off, Nick. Uh (laughs) Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is truly challenging. But if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. My name is Jim Carr, and I'm here with my always thinking, always texting, always busy co-host, Jason Zenger, and my affable friend, Nick Golner.
2: Ooh, affable. Yes. That's way better than all the stuff he said about you, Jason. But it's true. I what he
0: said about me. I'm good with it. Yeah. What did you say about me again? (laughs) <laughs> Always thinking. He, he was texting. Oh.
1: Always. Te- <laughs> I wasn't paying attention.
0: <laughs> so there it is, right
1: there, folks. You heard it. When you say truly, are you talking about the drink? Truly. Yeah. Oh, that's a wine thing, right? No, it's you a know. seltzer. It's a yeah, hard seltzer. Yeah, those are for the kids. Those yeah. millennials and their trulies. Yeah, I know my kids drink those. So yeah, it's called something though. What is it? Called a truly? No, it's the, the hard the... seltzer. Is that a seltzer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's another brand too that's very popular. Oh, White, White like, Claw. White Claw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many of them out right now. Yeah. Honestly, I think I've had one in my entire life. Yeah. My wife gets them once in a while. You have to drink like six to get a
0: buzz. There's, there's a particular one. I think it's made with tea that I like the best, like a peach tea one. It was pretty good. Wow. Fruity. Yes. Well, it wasn't real fruity. It wasn't,
1: but it was just. No, you're fruity. Oh, thanks. <laughs>
0: I'll take that as a compliment. I eat a lot of vegetables, too. Good.
1: That's very good. That's healthy for you. So, hey, guys, we just stripped off another year, right? And God, the years in my lifetime, they're stripping off a lot faster than they ever did. But I got to thinking about how radically different our business lives have become, Mm -hmm. especially since this dang pandemic, right, Mm -hmm. that I'm not having a good time with lately. Me either. I'm really concerned about this remote working. I just said to you guys before we hit the record button, my son's been oh, working I didn't hit for- the record button yet. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and my son has started a new job two years ago. He's never been in. He's worked from home for two years. So he's never been into he's the office. He's never been in the office ever.
0: Not even like to for like a annual meeting or anything like
1: that? Nothing. Absolutely the- And nothing. they did his interview remotely? All of them. Wow. Everything. Yeah, everything. That's weird. So I'm concerned. So it's so easy, and business owners don't need to show up anymore. Mm -hmm. I really think that the corporate culture is going to ultimately fail. I really, truly believe You're talking about the virtual corporate culture. I'm talking about the fact that there's no social intimacy in our companies anymore. And I believe that when we engage in social intimacy, it is a very strong portion of what corporate culture is all oh, about. I,
0: I agree with you 100% that you need to have that intimacy amongst your co-workers, but I would disagree that
1: it's not there anymore. I didn't say it's not there. I'm saying it's going to ultimately fail if we continue oh, on yeah, this trajectory. For, for sure. Well, I don't know if I completely agree there. So like, well, we're going to talk about this. Not now. Not yet. Start thinking about it. Okay. And I want you to because personally. Oh, so you get to talk, but I don't. Well, I want to defend my position with this manufacturing. We have to show up. Well, right? yeah.
0: We're an operational business. Right. Yeah.
1: But many people like my son, he's in marketing or you, Jason, or even you, Nick. I don't I know. People, someone... I
0: mean, we have millions of dollars in our warehouse. Somebody's got to show up to ship the product out and there's collaboration amongst customer service and operations. I mean, it's yeah, we have to have people show up too
2: for my role. I could do my job and never come into the office. Yeah.
0: Right. And your people are spread out across the United States. But I would never
2: do
1: that because it's just not the same. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing with competition for talent so high, I believe that this is an easy and inexpensive area for improvement within companies. We've talked about corporate culture many, many, many times on the show. But then I thought, how much is too much? What is the right balance of in person communication to really? Concrete this culture awareness that we need in our businesses. So my discussion today is gonna how do we keep the culture high in a virtual world? Okay. Got it. I love it. I love it. Okay. I've actually been
2: talking about this more often with with more people. So I just
1: want to define what is corporate culture. Simply put, corporate culture is the personality of a company. Mm -hmm. Get it? Mm -hmm. We all have personalities and when we think of culture in a corporate environment, that's the personality. of the What vibe? What is the essence of that company?
0: And usually there's a historical aspect, a very strong historical aspect to that corporate culture. A lot of times it comes from the founder or like totally. the, the innovation The leaders come from the company. And you get a defined set of values, which if you're, I think, a progressive, a smart business leader you're going to define what those values look like but a lot of it is shaped around the leader totally and, it, and it, they're it, the ones that are pushing
1: it down yeah and then eventually embeds themselves into the rest of the people yeah so corporate culture is a bit like a country each has its own uniqueness made from lots of differing factors this could be the food the history the scenery and more it's the same for business elements can vary but common factors shared by most businesses include work environment, business mission, company traditions, strength of employee companionship, core values, Mm -hmm. ethics, expectations, and communal goals. So keep all those thoughts in your head Mm -hmm. because we're going to talk about how we maintain this corporate culture in the virtual world that we're living in right now. Okay. So, Talking about the world we're living in right now, Nick, tell us what's going on in your world right now.
2: Well, in my world, I'm getting ready to go on a trip away from my family for a week. Which is corporate culture. Yeah, I guess, because I have to be on the road a lot. As much as I feel like I need to be in person in meetings at work, I need to be in person in meetings with my customers. Yes. I can't just Zoom all the time. It's totally different. So yeah, next week I'll be traveling with my Texas area
1: regional sales director and looking forward to that. Cool beans. Yeah. Jason Zanger, what's up?
0: We just had our, what we called it, our holiday party. Oh, that's right.
1: You had it. You went miniature golfing.
0: Yeah, it was so much fun. And like, speaking of corporate culture... I mean, we just had such a good time together. And then we had our team health meeting the following Tuesday and everybody just had a great time. And we talked about it and took a lot of great pictures. And my wife was there with me and we got to play like paired up in a team or like not paired up, but in a group with a couple of the wives of a couple of the guys, new guys that are on the team. And so it was just a good time to get to know everybody, have some drinks and just sit back and relax and kick back and make fun of each other a little bit. And it was fun. It and was connect fun. with their spouses and stuff yes, too. Yeah, so absolutely.
2: Now when they go home, they talk about work. They can put faces to the names. Yep. And yeah. Now, oh, yeah. Now yeah. I really
0: healthy. why you complain about Jason. It's really
1: I mean, Wait, wait <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> now I know exactly what you mean. No, <laughs> and kidding. I got to like, you know, no, I was kidding.
0: golfing with one of the spouses and I was like, you know what? I'm really happy that so-and-so is on our team now. And I told his spouse and it was important for her to hear that from absolutely, me. You know yeah. what I mean? So Totally agree with you. He's walking
2: around with that extra swag at home now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And us, Car Machine, this is our 50th anniversary year. So we're planning what we think is what we should do as a team for this year. Are you going to have a party? We're not. We're going to nix the party. Really? Well, I thought of it. Why should I spend a lot of money on having a big party and have all these people come that I really don't care to have at my place? I discussed this with my team at our weekly production meeting. So th- this week we're like, we're celebrating us. We're celebrating the company. We're not celebrating everybody else. So we've got a couple of big events that we're going to do as a team, just our team mm-hmm. this year. So, so no spouses, no, 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 it's yeah. just our team. Cool. And honestly, when I pushed it out to the team and said, what do you want to do? I took notes, put it up in the board. And we've got some great ideas and I can't wait to share it with you and the Metalworking Nation when it finally comes to fruition.
0: For the Metalworking Nation, in case you haven't noticed, in this next iteration of making chips, making chips 3.0, we're introducing Krabby Jim, you know? He's he's just not as as happy as making chips 2.0, Jim. He's a little bit crabbier, a little bit edgier. That was Dirty Jim, if you remember. Now he's dirty and crabby. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you, wait, try and make me any more pissed off, Nick. Uh, you know, it's sad, Jim. We had our 70th anniversary for yeah. Zengers, and, and I you just did completely forget about it. That is pretty sad. Wow. Yes. We had 125 years for Black, and we had a big party. Yeah. If Zengers
1: was your wife, you would be sleeping on the couch for forgetting that. Right. Yeah. Yes. Again, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so. I don't want to talk about why I'm grouchy, but it's just, there's there's a lot going on right now. Business, we've got big goals for this year and all those uh, mo growing. Money, mo problems. All those growing pains. All right, go ahead, Jim. Artificial intelligence and manufacturing is my manufacturing news today. So yeah, I know we've talked about artificial intelligence and what does it mean? I mean, we have robots on our shop floor. That's robotic technology. But when do the robots have a mind to think on their own and create this artificial intelligence where the robot can react? So I'm going to show five examples of how artificial intelligence is emerging onto our shop floors. Let's hear them. Yeah. Five examples of AI in manufacturing. One, improving the manufacturing process. Two, plant productivity. Three, preventative maintenance. Four, product design. five zero touch and zero defects. Sound familiar? Yeah. How about you give us one specific example? Why don't you guys take one of those and we'll just chat about it? Let me do the maintenance one. Go. Cool.
2: So we have a partner in Europe named Ot Jacob. They got the Silver Innovation Award in 2018. Silver Innovation. Cool. For this product called the Power Check Magazine. Okay. So you've got your tool magazine, right? And have you ever checked your pull force on your spindle? Yes. With a pull force gauge? Yes. So the PowerCheck magazine is a pull force gauge that sits in your tool changer. It
1: sits in like the number 10 position yeah, or something? Yeah. Okay. And every
2: 500 hours, whatever cycle you put in there, your machine tool will grab the tool. It'll check the pull force. It'll wirelessly read that out to the control. And if you lose pull force, if there's any issues with your spindle pull force, it'll let you know before you have a failure. Cool. So it's kind of like thinking. Okay? okay, it's our AI.
0: The whole term artificial intelligence—it's being overused. It Let is. me explain. It's so like, remember when the word algorithm used to be really yes. popular? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like artificial intelligence is just the new algorithm. Like, oh, yeah. let's everybody's tired of hearing algorithm, so let's just replace it with artificial, artificial intelligence. intelligence. <laughs> I mean, <it's> just,
1: <laughs> but give it, me a it, break. It's true that it's just seeping into our lives ever so slowly. Yeah. yeah. So, for instance, I'm going to just share a quick one of mine. We were talking the other day about. Process improvement for creating repeatability within our bores. And if we're trying to like hold a five tenths true position tolerance off of a bore, years ago we had no way of, we'd have to check it and then adjust our X or our Y datums accordingly. Now, what they are telling me in the shop is they can put in a macro program into the CNC machine tool use a uh, probe to come into the bore and pick up that bore every single time so it's constantly adjusting the X and the Y axis datum to get that true position for every single part thereafter. So I was like, wow, I had no idea. So it's it's like in-machine measurement. So what it's doing is it's checking the center line of the bore every single time and readjusting it. So... When that probe comes down, Nick, and it touches off maybe three to five places inside that bore, if it's changed, if it's moved 1,000th or 2,000th of an inch, inch, it constantly readjusts the machine, automatically adjusts itself back to the true center. Wow, that's it cool. It puts it automatically. That's great, We yeah. could not do that years ago. Yeah, that's We'd intense. We'd be crossing our fingers, hoping that the datum was the correct thing. Wow. So that blew my mind the other day when I heard that. So, Jason, anything on there that you want to talk about or have you seen in your experiences going into shops?
0: Yeah, not from this list. The only thing that comes to mind is something that I just saw recently and I kind of mentioned it to you guys. But we talked about on the show about the R&D tax credit. And my understanding is that there's companies out there that now are using artificial intelligence in order to pour through your data in order to see what kind of R&D tax credits that you have just based on your like payroll records and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yes.
1: Well, I have to tell you about R&D tax credit. So if you're a ProShop user, there's a really easy way to pull the data from your ProShop database to see what work that you've done has been identified as R&D tax credit work in a matter of minutes. In ProShop? In ProShop, there's a way you can pull that data right out, extract it. So does
0: that mean that you don't have to spend as much money on
1: lawyers and accountants in order to get your R&D tax credit? Well, it certainly could take days or even weeks, old school ways to find out what was r&d requirement now it's just a matter so now of you shoot. just extract that send it in and say yeah this is the r&d i've done this is the dollar amount that we had of new work for this year is that a new feature no or just it's just new to car it was new to car wow yep. really,
0: Yet really another cool. reason to go, go to, to, pro shop. to pro shop yeah absolutely where, where do they go to find more information
1: pro shop dot com. that's p-r-o-s-h-o-p-e-r-p.com awesome <laughs> Try that that was a mouthful. P-R-O-S-H-O-P-E-R-P.com. Very good. Yes. So with that said, let's talk about corporate culture and a virtual world that we're all living right now. Just got to tell you, said it earlier today, I think this pandemic, I'm over it. It's never hit me so much as this morning. Well, maybe last night too. But this morning, I'm like, God, I got to wear the mask to go downstairs and I forgot it and I had to go back up. and Just don't like, wear it. No, I don't want to be that guy. And then you had the I, six-foot I,
2: police come and tell yeah, you to move, I just, move you know, your desk one foot. That was fun.
1: <laughs> it's so silly. We're going to get past it, right? Yeah. Ultimately, we're going to get past it at some point. However, I think before Omicron, we thought we were going to get past it faster. Then we had the Omicron variant, and everyone freaked out again, and we got all these new mitigations. Anyway, what this has forced us to do is work in a virtual world, and I just can't imagine how a company that practices great corporate culture can maintain a great corporate culture in this virtual world that we live in. Some business owners don't come into their shop anymore. What are you going to Zoom one of your employees and just say, hi, Jeffrey, how you doing today? How's mama? You know, how's the dog? It loses something when it's- It totally does. It really does. So I found a list, I Googled it, Six tips on how to keep your corporate culture alive when working yeah. remotely. I hope what's in my head is one of those six. Okay. If well, it's not, I'm going to add a seventh. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to highlight some of these. Yeah, give us and then the we'll, six
2: tips. And then we'll talk about and it. And I
1: may add a seventh because okay. I have one that's very dear to me. So how to promote corporate culture whilst working remotely. I would never use the word whilst. I, I like the word whilst. Yeah.
2: Jim, you sound 10 times smarter now that you said "wils." Yeah,
1: well, I don't even know what it means, but I mean while. That's what it means. Yes, that's all, that intelligence is all very artificial.
0: It's it's a pretentious way to say while. No kidding.
1: So anyway, (laughs) your corporate culture is not just about gimmicks such as ping pong tables, decor, beer, wine, dogs. It's about meaningful work relationships, considerate and understanding the management Alignment with business mission, ensuring your staff has a healthy work-life balance, and creating a sense of purpose. Well, those are all ways to keep like the stickiness in the
0: people that work for you, them not wanting to look for another job as if mm-hmm. they have those
1: relationships. Exactly. Right on about that. However, more than 70% of people work remotely at least once a week, a number which is only set to rise But there are some challenges you may encounter when working remotely. That number seems really high. I didn't make it up, Jason. No, I know. So just telling you what I'm reading. You probably just got it from bad information. No, I'm very cautious about the news sources that I choose from. We're strong believers that a company culture can happen wherever you are. And here's some ways to just do that. Populate your social stream. It says our learning technologies include a social feed, much like Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Social media sites are natural hubs for gathering a community together in a person's personalized. Why should work be any different? So what I think they're saying is we need to really rely on social to help elevate corporate culture while working remotely. So like have your own internal corporate Facebook no, group or something like that? I don't like think that? so. That's not what they're saying. I think they say that you should be, if you're the manager of your social at work, you should be including more posts that are more corporate culture centric.
0: You see what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So I can agree with that. So you're like posting what's happening internally and stuff like that. You should have posted your miniature golf party. I've heard some pros and cons and some mixed reviews about putting those kind of posts in your social feed.
2: Why? We did something called manufacturing creates careers where we would kind of profile someone who has made a career at our company and make a little video about it and those were some really good posts for us. So I agree with that whole like do it on social thing, but let's face it, we're talking to the metalworking nation. We don't have a bunch of like social media savvy people. Right. Some of them are, okay? Like but This isn't exactly like a social media group here where everyone's going to be on Facebook. Yeah, we have things to do. Yeah, like all the machinists go on Facebook and like the fact that Car Machine and Tool said, we have a great culture. You know, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but do you think it's as applicable to the metalworking nation as a tech industry or like a software company or something like that?
1: Well, we have to show up. Yeah. So sure. I mean at the end of the day we have to show up. The part the machines aren't gonna get set up by themselves. You can have as much robotic technology as you want and automation. At the end of the day, someone's gotta program it and set it up and load the machine and
2: no, I'm saying that like posting on social. Like does it really oh. do a lot for a manufacturing company as it would for someone who works for TikTok or something like that?
1: I totally believe it does. Yeah, okay. And just the fact that manufacturers don't Do it and aren't big users of social platforms. Doesn't mean you should all the more reason why we should be doing it more. Sure. Okay, what's the next tip? Start a virtual club. I really don't get this one. It says a virtual club is a feature on our learning technologies whereby you can discuss a particular subject. You can create a club for specific training guidance, such as web developing. You can create a club for all the newbies. So maybe all your new people. Or why not create a club just for staff to kick back and shoot the breeze? Clubs are a great way to keep up staff morale and to remind people of the great community you have. The best part is you don't even have to queue up in the cold to get in. So I think what they're saying is a virtual club is it like a, uh, to virtual me, it sounds happy like, hour. It sounds like a Slack channel or something. Like I know. That, yeah. Doesn't sound like fun to me at all. Yeah. So I, I don't agree with that one. I think it's still going back to the same thing. Three, video calls. Now, they're saying mm-hmm. that even though we're doing this, they're saying that 98% of people say that video conferencing helps build relationships in and out of work. Yeah, Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I believe that there's some truth to that. I mean, it's better to be able to look at a person's face. However, when was the last time you were on a Zoom conference? Me? Yeah. We do them pretty frequently. When was the last time that you did a Zoom conference? This morning with you. Okay. Half the people didn't have their faces okay, on. Okay, bingo. That's the problem. That
2: was going to be my seventh yes. tip. Yes. So my seventh tip is... I was w- weightlifting. That's why. <laughs> well, thank God you turned it off. No. Like, <laughs> I'm just
0: joking. I'm oh. just
2: <laughs> Think about this. So, But this is a big thing. If a Zoom conference is better than like a telephone conference,
1: right? Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be. It only is if, if you the have camera's the cameras on. on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it, it, tot- it only, otherwise you might as well so just be So this is the a phone. huge
2: pet peeve for both me and my older brother. We have a lot of Zoom conferences at work. Yep. My older brother's the president of our company. Yep. And if someone doesn't have their camera on, he's like, hey, turn your camera on. Why don't you have your camera on? What are you doing? Are you not paying attention so you want to turn your camera off? You know, <laughs> You know, it's... Kind of a thing where it's like, hey, if we can't be in person, you better Here's have your camera on.
0: I don't understand because I don't have that problem. So we do like a hybrid weekly meeting and like some people are in the office mm-hmm. and then some people are on the video platform and they're always interacting and they always have their video cameras on. And it's not like it's not a like big deal. Well,
2: no, I don't always like if I'm driving and a lot of times I'm in the zoom, I'm in the car. Well, I want you have the camera on. Why but not? if I can have the camera on, I do have the
1: camera. On. I do is have the camera and uh, the phone. And yeah, because it kind of
2: gets me to sit there, and like look at it more than I would,
1: you know. And no, you I'm don't trying have to drive to. a car. But it's okay. So here's the thing: we've been exposed to Zoom. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say the generic word Zoom. There's so many. There's so many different platforms. Yeah, they've done a good job becoming the Kleenex of the category. Right. I think we need to camera on more. Right on. This doesn't say that, but. So when I was going to add, it's right. It, I totally agree. You, with you need to turn your cameras on. Mm-hmm. Who cares if you were out last night and you had fifteen? Who cares uh, if you're completely naked?
0: Well,
2: you know?
1: <laughs> I care. But in that case, don't turn your camera. Don't care.
0: <laughs> Put your clothes on. But how, like, how is this applicable to like the manufacturing leaders out there? Well, you know? I'm a
1: manufacturer, and I'm zooming. Yeah, we're we're zooming all the
0: time. Are you zooming with your internal people or with partners? Remember, I mean...
1: corporate culture isn't just about. I understand. Yeah. Internal. internal. It's yeah. an external thing sure. too, right?
2: Yeah. So in all cases, whether it's uh reviewing a work holding application with Zoom where we're sharing screens and stuff like that, I still want my guys to have their camera on because yep. it's like you put a face to the name. There's still this this nonverbal communication. Like you see the expression on the person's face, you see how they say what they say. And to me it's just more
1: human. I totally agree. And the thing is, let's say you had ten people and you had five people from Zangers, and you had three people from AME, and you had five people from Shank on the Zoom. And all the people at Zangers had their cameras off. Well, they wouldn't do that. I'm just saying, all the people at AME. Okay. Okay. But they wouldn't do that either. No. <laughs> just kidding. No, because I agree <laughs> no, with you that it's it's respectful to yeah. have your cameras it on. It is. You know yeah. what I mean? And also... Like, your brand goes right yeah, down it's like, the toilet. Oh, yeah. yeah, these guys are because disengaged. Your brand perception is, oh, I want to be guarded. I don't want anybody to see me. Yeah, I want to be texting. I want to be drinking a glass of wine. I want to smoke a cigarette. All while you're on the Zoom call or whatever else you be doing. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I would love to see somebody with their camera on, like smoking a cigarette in the middle <laughs> middle of the video. So conference. I bet you a, a lot of people drinking alcohol out of
2: like a brown
1: paper bag. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things. This episode is really, um, you know, kind (laughs) of... So, Metalworking Nation, turn your cameras on. Four, gamify your platform. Love it. Okay. If you love it so much, you take it. Because I really don't get it. Yeah, okay. So gamification? So, we are the generation of video games, right? Yes,
2: you are. And this isn't just about video games anything. Like a game has a way to win. It has a way to keep score. It has the way to know how you're performing. Are you winning, losing? Are you going to level up or not? Right. So if you have a way to track performance in such a way that it feels like a video game, like it feels like, okay, I have 10 points. Once I get to 20 points, I level up. I hit the next achievement and it unlocks new opportunities. Oh, cool. For me. Cool. I get if it. If you have a way to do that, it really does a lot for your culture. So I do that with my sales team. You know, they all have different targets. A lot of them are monetary. You know, if they hit a certain sales result, it unlocks a bonus incentive. Some of them are just like activity-based objectives where, hey, we want you to accomplish this. So if you do this, this, and this, there's something in it for you too.
1: Got it. So that's game That's fine. great. Yeah. Thank you. I heard this before and I didn't have to read it to understand it. It was much better coming It's so much from more you.
2: motivating than I come in, I clock in, I make this amount of money per hour, I clock out and I go home and every day is the same. Whether I
1: kick ass or just, have a lame day, I get paid the same amount of money. Got it. Five, create an expert area. Jason, you want to take that one? You want to tackle that one? Well,
0: what does it mean? I wouldn't exactly call it this, but I guess it's about just creating like a forum for being able to solve your problem. So like for us... We communicate a lot, especially virtually via instant message. We have like Google Workspace, so we have GChat. Everybody's got it open all the time. Right, same thing. And, with Car. You know, if I've got a quick question, I just I get on GChat and I chat with somebody in customer service or somebody in operations. Right, they're mm-hmm. a little bit operations is a little bit harder to get a hold of via instant message but it ends up working out well because then you can get your answers from someone who has more expertise yeah right. somebody who has more expertise so we
2: actually are creating our own form of this right now and Jason introduced it on episode 300 but right now Making Chips is creating different segmented shows mm-hmm. each each of the three of us and in the next quarter we'll be launching our own and we'd like to add three more yep so consider that kind of like an expert's area. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Right? If you feel like you have a particular niche expertise that would equip and inspire manufacturing leaders, send it in. Send in your idea to info at chips.com because you have the opportunity to create your own show and be a part of this company. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah,
1: I get it. If you're an automation expert,
2: or if you're a tooling expert, or if you're a process expert, or whatever, we'd like to hear from you.
1: It's a way to convey your niche personality to people that wouldn't ordinarily know what you're about. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. got it. Sixth and last, keep your company mission alive. So how do you keep your company mission alive when you're all working from home? You use it in your
2: daily... I just literally just did that with making chips. I said, if you are an expert who can equip and inspire manufacturing leaders, well, that is our mission, to equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. If you say that your mission, if you use it in your day-to-day talk, it keeps it alive. Yeah. It's all
0: about overusing those terms and you need to reinforce them on a regular basis. It's like know, a trademark
1: don't, catchphrase yeah, that you, you have don't, to say. So you people don't use them catch as on. much
0: as you think you do. Right. Right.
1: So anyway, those are six tips. I feel pretty passionate about this one. This one has been bothering me for a while, ever since we went to this new platform via the pandemic. And I
0: think things are going to
1: change permanently. I
0: think that, you know, I, permanently. So, so like, I would disagree with you from the aspect of if you are doing things virtually all the time, that it's going to be bad for your company culture, because I think there's going to be some companies that are going to be all virtual and that's OK. And they'll figure out ways in order to build a strong culture around that virtual model, because there's a lot of people that really want to work from home 100 percent of the time. There's going to be companies like yours, Jim, which are not virtual at all. Like everybody pretty much works in the office. And then there's going to be ones like mine. I'm going to really start figuring out a strategy to be more of like a hybrid model. So, like, we're going to have people, everybody's going to have to be located like not close enough to our offices that they can come in on a semi regular basis. But it's going to be more of a hybrid approach. Certain jobs you can work from home, certain jobs you can't. And we're going to be very clear about that in the future, but we're going to build a culture around having that hybrid model. So I think as long as you are self-aware enough to know who you are, and then you build a good culture around that model, you're going to be in good shape. Yeah. But I think if you're not deliberate about it, sure. that's where you're going to run into trouble. And I agree that there will
2: be companies that are 100% virtual and that those companies will do things to build a culture. Mm-hmm. That's true. But strong. we're going to have to. But I just think there's no substitute for human-to-human in-person interaction.
0: I agree, but not everybody wants that. Yeah, Some no, people don't want that human interaction on their teams. And maybe they're not a good fit for my team. So like, I just had a conversation with one of my new leaders who is going to work from home mostly, but he needs to come into the office once in a while. And I had a conversation with him. I told him, I said, you need to make a deliberate effort in order to build relationships with the other people in the company, because what you cannot do, and I was being really clear with him, what you cannot do is just work from home, plug in and out like once a week and leave. Like you need to develop these relationships if you're going to be successful here. So we talked about that during his, I think it was like his 60 day review or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so you just need to be clear with people. This is who we are. And you need to make sure that you are also doing the work. I'm going to do the work as a leader, but you also need to do the work as a part of the team in order to make sure that you are part of the same culture that everybody else is a part of. I had
2: a very similar conversation with two people that I just promoted to a director-level position, and I said, you're going to interact with people all the time because you have a lot of cadenced, scheduled meetings, but you need to just step into their office once in a while without a meeting. You need to just be around. Mm-hmm. You cannot be out of sight, out of mind. And the, and if the only time we interacted was a meeting, would our
1: relationship be the same? Right. Absolutely not. Yep. Yeah. So w- what I want to leave with the Metalworking Nation is we got to maintain the corporate culture. It's really important for stickiness for your employees. It's really good for new employee engagement. And people want to work for companies that have a great, robust corporate culture. So just think about it. Take away some of these things that we just talked about and try and implement it into your business as we still drudge through this pandemic. Any takeaways? So my takeaway is
2: not only is Jim Carr... Dirty Jim Grouchy Jim He's also Sticky Jim
0: yes. and He's like one of the Garbage Pail Kids
2: He's focusing On making a Sticky culture Because
0: If you don't have A sticky culture You can't make chips And if you're not Making chips You're not making money Bam Bam
1: And many of them are at makingchips.com.